All right, well, good morning and welcome to our Global Impact Week here at Grace Bible Church. It's our missions conference. Uh, I do want to say something right from the beginning. Global Impact Week, it actually, of course, lasts one week long, but I wouldn't want you to get the mistaken impression that World Missions is a week-long event at Grace Bible Church. Missions is actually fundamental to everything that we are as a church. Our church was founded a little over 40 years ago. I don't know if you know that, but we're a little over 40 years old, and we were founded on four pillars four priorities that shape and guide everything that we do. And those four pillars are the grace of God, the word of God, the strategic value of reaching college students, and the priority of world missions. From the very beginning, world missions, reaching this world for Jesus Christ, has been part of the DNA of our church. Uh, Our church believes that Of all the things that we do as Christians here on earth, almost all of them we could do better if we were in heaven right now. Like the worship we just did, we'd do it better if we were with God. And the whole obedience thing, that's going to be going better in heaven for us. And we'll love one another better in heaven. So you wonder, well, why doesn't God just take us home to be in heaven with him? Because we'll do all that stuff so much better. Well, the reason is world missions. That's the one reason you're still here. You can't do missions from heaven. You can only reach the earth if you're on the earth. So God has us here to do missions, to be lights for the gospel locally and globally, to take the good news of Jesus Christ throughout the world. Our church has a a priority on that because we believe that's why God has us here. Or you can think about it this way. World missions is not an event or a program at our church. It's the mission of our church. World missions is our mission. It's what we're about. Raising up leaders to take the gospel throughout the world for the glory of God. So my prayer for each and every one of you this morning is that every one of us will get a clear sense from God of how he wants each of us as individuals to be involved in the task of missions. Now for some of us that's going to mean going. Whether long-term or short-term, actually taking the gospel to another people group. For others of us who can't go, it's going to mean supporting those who do go through prayer and through giving financially. For some of us, it's going to be reaching international students here at Texas A&M who will take the gospel for us back to their home countries. There's lots of different ways to be involved in world missions in this town. I just want you involved in some way. Some way that you personally can be involved in the task of world missions. That's our hope for this morning. Now we're going to begin by actually calling Jerry Parkerson up to the stage. Uh, Jerry is awesome. Jerry is one of our longest serving missionaries here at Grace Bible Church. Uh, he and his, his wife, Dina, started with CAM International 44 years ago and have spent the last 38 years planting churches in Spain. And a few years ago, Dina went home to be with the Lord, but Jerry continues the work in Spain. Now he is the serving as the chaplain of the Spanish Bible Seminary in Barcelona. So, Jerry, I'm going to give you the podium and just ask you some questions so that we can get to know a little bit more about what you're up to. Good morning. (laughs) Jerry, can you start by telling us a little about your history with Grace Bible Church? We were in the first missions conference, to say say the least, um, when we were meeting over on South College. We were trying to think, was it the end of 66 or the beginning of 67? We're not sure. But at any rate... Uh, three of us were down, and we were part of that uh, brief conference. And they decided, even though uh, the pastor at that time, the beginning of the work, Joe Wall, said they're not really meeting my salary altogether. We're going to have to begin to support and pray. And it took us on for about 10 or $15 a month. <laughs> and uh, my total salary did not really come at that moment to 400 uh, But I think we live better on that one than we do today. But anyway. Well, 
Jerry, you may not know, but over the years at Grace Bible Church, when we have been between pastors and things like that, Jerry has come back and served here. So he's actually been uh, ex officio pastor here at Grace Bible That's Church right. many times. So he's served us well. Well, Jerry, last week we talked a lot about the challenges of missions and ministry to postmodern Europe. And I was wondering if you could share with us what have been some of the more challenging things of planning churches in Spain? I don't know where to begin. I mean, it, it, it's an amazing thing. Well, it struck me in an article I was reading the other day on the newspaper, in the newspaper about uh, a reporter, Mexican uh, lady who is a, a newspaper reporter who is covering the issue of drug violence in Mexico. And they were asking her, you know, well, what is your life like? And she said, uh, I have to become to get used to living on a day-to-day basis with a flak jacket and a bulletproof vest. It's a warfare. And what you really realize is the, the, when you step out of the, an environment like where we are here, you move into Europe and where you realize that the words no longer communicate what we would think because we are in a post-Christian world. What that means is that the terminology that we have and the baseline beliefs and the thoughts that put our worldview together really don't really don't come out and define it and communicate what we do with the words here. But uh, on the, I arrived in Spain and from Latin America and having spent a year or so here at Grace in the, in the year I was here in 72, well, it was a time of the Jesus movement and uh, at one moment, I we're remembering the other day how we baptized 35 Aggies in the lake at one time, it moved into Europe we're in a small place up in the northern coast where it was a town of Bilbao with one million people in Spain, and there were about 500 believers scattered among small little churches. Here we had, uh, at, here at Grace, we had two, sem- uh, two secretaries. I had to sit on the edge of my bed. It didn't even have a, uh, an office or anything like that, and begin to go, Lord, what are we going to do? How do we go about meeting people we, haven't, we don't even know yet? But the real, real challenge has to do with, first of all, state-run religions that no longer were able to support the modern-day world. The ideologies, the onslaught of everything around them uh, made a pressure and, and made religion irrelevant. Even now, we would come back with similar words uh, that they had heard before. They didn't communicate. The second is the, the sense that actually religion is wrong and evil. Not so much evil, but it actually causes problems, causes wars, and actually will make you more an unhappy individual. So those were really the big challenge, and especially in Spain, where it is the least evangelized country in Western Europe, to to be able to to bridge in and to share the gospel, and once the gospel is there, enable people to be formed into a body, and from that forming into a body— have leaders emerge and to be able to take on the work. Jerry, on the flip side, what's been the most rewarding thing for you to see in your ministry in Spain over the years? Children in the faith, grandsons, granddaughters. Um, one of the young men who was 18 years old uh, came to Christ with us. He's now 52. He began a television program. He uh, directed uh, a number of Key issues. He's uh, one of the pastors in the two congregations we were allowed uh, to begin. Uh, one of the ladies, uh, she, in our first wedding that we had, 
Her mother uh, refused to go to that wedding and at the same time uh, went down into a Catholic church and paid a priest to say mass in her name at the very same time she was getting married. Uh, she's a delightful lady today. She married one of our key workers. And now that their children are believers, mm. as Apostle Paul said, it's, who is our joy and crown? Well, you are. Mm. Well, Jerry, tell us a little bit about what you're doing these days. Well, what I'm doing right at the moment, I'm in Barcelona, which is another city. And when my wife died, I was invited to go to uh, work at the Bible Seminary in, Gu- in uh, Barcelona. And I, my official title is chaplain. Uh, oversee the chapels and do work in counseling with students, administration, visiting professors, and uh, as well as uh, oversee some of the issues that the students do in their practical ministry. But really, our, my vision, my passion, really, that's motivating me in these days, in the last several years, has been to work with uh, elders, wives, pastors, and their wives in making it in ministry. Times have really changed. You can't imagine all that Spain went through from a dictatorship to a modern post-Christian society. And uh, how to go about that. What it means to keep yourself renewed. How to connect with people. What is church? How to go about it? And I always tell them that I'm an authority on that issue because I've made all the mistakes. <laughs> and uh, and so those, in, in a very compressed view, is what really takes up my time. Mm. Well, Jerry, you've got a, a change coming up in the next few years as you contemplate something <laughs> like retirement. Can you tell us, how can we be praying for you? Once you reach a certain age, it's time to think of... Uh, Coming back and establishing my residency in the United States, I was 70 in April. No, it surprises everyone with my youthful face. But anyway, the, uh, and I will be making a change in the next year or so. In, uh, in order to receive a Medicare Part B and D, you need to be a United States resident. And once that point comes, I, coming up fairly soon, then I will make a change. So where to live, how it will go about will be a, a matter of prayer. I will continue in that same vision, and it will take me away and in and out in a number of venues, but uh, that's a great matter of prayer. And I just want to thank everyone for your prayer. You cannot imagine what it would be to think back and when we began to work several years ago. And in fact, there was one story. I, I, I don't want to take up Jim's time, but uh, the first time we were here at the missions conference, there weren't enough houses of, of believers for... Uh, well, they were just packed and that sort of thing. And so a couple of the guys at the core said, let him sleep with us at the dorm. So I stayed in the student dorm with the core. Uh, we had to get up early. When well, they were in formation, and I would walk over, the rest of them, into the dining hall. But then that night when we got ready to go to bed, he said, we forgot to tell you one thing. He said, there's a tradition in this dorm. Then anybody comes for a visit is thrown into the shower. And... Uh, so we've talked to everybody, and we're watching the door. They're not going to get in here. And, uh, but we didn't have any trouble. But uh, that was the first mission conference at Grace. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know that, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Jerry, it's, it's a blessing to have you. I, I think for a lot of us, Southwood, we've only been open now for two years. It's neat to see the history that we have, that we've yeah. inherited and men like you, Jerry. 
Well, we want to show you guys a video real quick, a video that helps uh, communicate what some of the challenges are of ministry and of missions in Europe that Jerry and his, and his compatriots have faced. So watch this. Well, it sure was wonderful to hear from Jerry this morning. We also have another one of our, not quite as long with Grace Bible Church as Jerry, no. but uh, we have Jim Beerley with us this morning. And Jim and his family are in Monaco. And Jim, I just want to give you a little bit of time to tell us about your family and the work that's going on in Monaco, if you would. Well, we passed through the Monaco Christian Fellowship. We've been there since 19, 1994, came out of Haiti, which is where I grew up. So God has a sense of humor, send me to Monaco. Um, I have uh, one wife and three kids. Mary is my wife, Austin, Tyler, my wife's from Texas, Austin, Tyler, and Taya are our three kids, and Abilene is our little dog. Jim, tell us a little bit about uh, Monaco and the receptivity of the gospel there and and what's happening. My my wife used this phrase, she said, ministry in Monaco is like plowing concrete. Uh, if you take Matthew six twenty four, you could put it on the flag of Monaco, and it would be very suitable. You can look it up later. But basically, you can't serve both God and money, and, and most of them have chosen money. And so, as my atheist friend said, I have the hardest job in Monaco because I'm trying to tell them about God, and most of them think they are God. Well, Jim, tell us um, what the ministry is like in Monaco. People in Monaco, not everybody, but most of them have reached the top of the proverbial ladder and they're miserable. There's no other ladder. It wasn't more fun down the rungs of the ladder. So they're stuck there and they know the emperor has no clothes, but nobody wants to be the first to admit it. And so this is the, the desperation that they face, but the pressure to, you know, party, party, everything's cool. Uh, and that's, it's just really sad. Well, Jim, as, as Blake said earlier, for us, missions is not just a one-week thing that we do, but it's ongoing, lifetime. And as you leave from here, Jim, and go forward, tell us about some of the changes that are maybe coming up in your life, and then specifically, how can we be praying for you? Well, as of last um, April, I was asked to be, become the president of Crossworld Canada in Toronto, and so I'm doing that, but I've asked for a year to transition out of the ministry in Monaco. So next summer we'll be actually physically moving. So you could pray for me because running two jobs on two continents is, is interesting. Uh, pray for the church that they would re- realize that they are followers of Christ, not followers of Jim and Mary. And then also um, pray for the transition for our children. It, it, will be a, it will be a challenge for them. All they've known is Monaco. We certainly will be in prayer for you, Jim. Um, as we go forward this morning, we wanted to give Jim a little bit of time to go and address us. So I'm going to step off the stage here and, and turn it over to you. Thank you. And I was asked to um, give a message. Uh, I, I came to a, a particular text kept coming back to me, and we'll get to that in a minute. But first, I, I think there are two things you should know. First of all, you are wonderful. Grace. Bible Church is well-named because you put the grace in gracious. Uh, every time I've come here, your hospitality has been Texas-style. And I want to thank the Howards who have put up with me. Uh, and even let me bring my friend Denny down from Dallas uh, for a few days on, unexpectedly for them. And uh, the second thing I need, you need to know is that I am very intelligent. And that's not as self-evident as the first thing you needed to know. But I was able to figure out on my own that if you're not... If, if you can't be an Aggie, at least marry one. 
And so that's what I did. And I know my stock has just risen immensely in your, in your eyes because of that. And believe me, my wife is not happy that she's in Monaco and I'm here. But uh, she's a gracious lady. The text that kept coming back to my mind was 1 Peter 3. And when I told the, the staff that, they all started laughing. I said, well, they said that was last week's text. And it reminded me of a preacher who preached the same message for three weeks in a row. And then the fourth week, he started in and somebody said, hey, whoa, wait a minute. When are you going to change your message? And he said, well, when you guys start practicing this one, I'll go on to something else. (laughs) So maybe God's in this. I don't know. But uh, I want to suggest a few ways we can practice 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. First is... We need to surrender completely to Christ. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Do you know what the plight is of the postmoderns? They have no leader. They have no one to surrender to. Think about that. They are sheep without a shepherd, and they don't see any shepherds in sight. I saw a little bumper sticker driving through here in Aggie Land. It said, coexist. Any of you seen that? That's a pipe dream. Do you see that happening around the world? Do you know anybody who can make us all coexist? Joseph Stoll was uh, talking one day. He said, you know, ancient philosophers used to believe that there was an answer to everything. And something that made sense of all the pieces. And they called it the Word. You ever read John 1.1? In the beginning was The Word. In the beginning was the one who could make sense of all things. And we surrender. Now surrender, there are two ways to surrender. One is to give up. And the other is to give in. And God wants us to surrender by giving in. Like Juliet to her Romeo. Can you imagine... Shakespeare had written Juliet, Romeo and Juliet a little bit differently. Like Romeo's out there, Juliet, I love you. All right, fine, I give up. If you'll knock off that crazy iambic pentameter, it's driving me crazy. <laughs> Just speak like a normal person. No, that's not how my wife and I, you know, she accepted my uh, proposal for marriage. They're giving in. We have the pleasure the gracious opportunity to surrender to somebody who loves us. And we do it from the heart because we want to. Second thing is, we need to shine clearly. Last week we were in Italy with some friends. We were vacationing there, camping. And the wife said, man, I I wish there was a way that we could get Stefan, her, her husband, to stop worrying so much. And Mary said, my wife, she said, uh... Well, he needs to become a Christian. And she looked at me, Louise looked at me and said, do you ever worry? Now, I thought that wasn't fair because it was Mary's idea to bring up the Christianity thing. (laughs) But notice what she did not say. She did not say, hey, do do you know any Bible verses that talk about overcoming worry? I said, of course, Philippians 4. Let me read it to you. She said, do you ever worry. Postmoderns deserve our gratitude. 
Because they have forced us to become authentic Christians. They don't want to hear Bible verses. Their big thing is, does it work in experience? And so we look at them and they look at us and we need to say thank you for not letting us get sidetracked. Because when did Christianity become a set of biblically, doctrinally correct propositions alone? When did it become okay just to throw out Bible verses? And why do we keep having to constantly plead with people, please don't look at us, look at Jesus? Why can't they look at us? All right, we're not perfect. I'm not saying we are. But man, do we always have to push them off on Jesus? Don't just talk about the light, shine. I love that last song. Did you all write that? Where are the musicians? I love it. I'd never heard that before. Shine. And finally, we need to share it compassionately. He says, uh, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience. Gentleness. Couldn't we use a lot more gentleness in this world? Jesus said in Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, broken, and you will find it. You will learn from me because I am gentle and humble in heart. Is that the way we, as followers and learners of Christ, are we that way? What about respect? Do you respect those who disagree with you? I saw a little shirt on a biker yesterday, and it said, Respect all, fear none. That's compassion, by the way. We saw that last night as well. That is compassion. Respecting everybody, but not fearing them. We need to respect their sinful choices. Read 1 Corinthians 5, and Paul says, Look, when I say stay away from the sinners, I'm not talking about guys in the world. You'd have to die and leave this world to do that. I'm talking about Christians. But we also need to respect the godly imprint on their lives. My wife calls it PAM. There's something called BAM, business is mission. My wife says we need to start PAM, philanthropy is mission. Because people have a desire to make a difference. People have a desire to impact this world. They just don't know how. I did an experiment. I fly a lot now because of travel. And so I was on this airplane. I was flying transatlantic. Went to the back to stretch. And I started this conversation. And I was doing this on purpose. I usually start conversations anyway. And uh, eventually, somebody said, so what do you do? That's the big question. And I said, I'm a pastor. You would have thought I said, I'm a terrorist, or I'm a leper. I have a contagious disease there's no cure for. <laughs> I mean, suddenly everybody had things to do. I want to catch that movie. I want to, oh, excuse me, we've got to get ready for dinner. Gone. Checked off number one. Second plane, got into a conversation. So what do you do? I said, I work for an organization that seeks to bring personal and communal transformation to people around the world. Really? (laughs) Tell me about that. He talked to me the rest of the flight to Toronto. We got outside. He said, listen, let me take you home. Anywhere you're going, I'll take you. That's like landing at DFW and saying, anywhere in the greater metroplex of Dallas-Fort Worth, anywhere you're going, I'll drive you there. He had no idea where I was going. He made me call the guy who was coming to pick me up on his cell phone to make sure that I had a ride. I got excited about what I was doing. This is really, yeah. Are you excited about your faith? Maybe you haven't thought creatively enough about what it is 
You know, somebody who, what are you? I'm, I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb. I've, I've been buried, died, buried, and risen. They're the, what? Now that's all true. But that makes sense to us. doesn't make sense to them. So we need to share compassionately and creatively with people in ways that they understand. And if we do those three things, we can then move on. But here's the good part. It's always going to be those three things, isn't it? We need to surrender 100% to Jesus Christ. We need to shine like lights in the darkness. Shine clearly. And we need to share compassionately. And if you do that, you know what you're doing? Missions. (laughs) That's what you're doing. Whether it's here or anywhere else around the world. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for revealing yourself so that when we surrender, it's not to ourselves. It's not to some human leader. But we can surrender to you who alone is sovereign and has the answer. God, may we as believers, especially those here at Grace and also Monaco Christian Fellowship and in Spain and around the world, may we shine clearly, God, so that people see truth in us and through us and are led to Jesus Christ. And may you give us compassion for people so that when we share with them, it's with gentleness and respect. And we are keeping a clear conscience that we are practicing what we preach for your glory and yours alone. Amen. Thank you very much, Jim. Well, I do encourage you, two weeks in a row now in verses 15 and 16 of chapter 3, if, if you're still struggling with that, go read it again this week or we'll be back in it next Sunday. <laughs> right, I was going to give you guys a few things to think about here as we, as we wrap it up, a few specific things that you and your family can be doing to be involved in what God is doing around the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, first of all, I want to encourage all of us to be in prayer. One of the most significant things that we can do for our missionaries is to pray for them. Uh, We do believe that the gospel only goes forth through prayer. It's got to be God's power behind it that makes the gospel effective, especially in a place like Europe. If the ground is like cement, then we have to have God's help to bust it up and to bring the gospel there. So I want to encourage you uh, as individuals and as families to be praying for our missionaries. And if you look in your bulletin, we've given you a prayer guide. If you didn't grab a bulletin today, uh, it's worth grabbing one today. This is actually a really nice prayer guide uh, that they've put together for us. It shows pictures and gives descriptions for all of our missionaries that we support at Grace Bible Church. So I want to encourage you on your way out, you can grab one of these at the welcome desk or from a greeter under the portico. Please grab a prayer guide and keep this in your nightstand. Keep it somewhere where you can refer to it and flip through it and pray for these missionaries. If your parents, if your kids are old enough to do this with you, I think this would be a great opportunity for kind of a family devotional time to get together as a family and pray for some of our missionaries. On the front of the prayer guide, we put a magnet that you can peel off and put on your refrigerator just to remind you about praying for our missionaries. It also has our website, grace-bible.org, and then slash go global. If you go there, you get lots more information on our missionaries. If you want to know lots more about what our missionaries are doing and what their current prayer requests are, you can go to that website, stay up to date, and continue to pray. Now, there's a lot of missionaries here, so you can, you can pray through this booklet for our missionaries. You also may want to pick one or two to really pray for on a regular basis as a family. I encourage you often what God does is he builds up a passion within each of us as individuals for a particular part of the world or a particular type of ministry. 
I encourage you, if there's, if there's some country or some people group or something that has really touched you in the past, find one of our missionaries who's reaching that people group and really pray for them on a regular basis. Adopt them, that you're going to pray for them regularly. So I uh, want all of us as individuals and as, as families, let's, let's really be involved in praying for what God is doing around the world. That's really the most significant thing that we can do, is be involved in prayer. Um, second, our, our missionaries do need financial support. I would say prayer is the most important thing, but, but finances is what keeps them overseas. Now, we as a church give quite a lot of money, like 20% of our budget, 20% of what you give goes to missions directly, but that's not enough to support all of their needs. And so I want to encourage you, one of the best things that you can do as an individual and as a family to build up your passion for missions is to be financially invested in the task. Uh, we talk a lot about investing our money. Best investment you can make is in missions. It's going to return the highest dividend when you stand before your Savior, the money that you are giving to the task of world missions. That's the best, safest place you can put your money. So uh, if the Lord has blessed you, if you have money that you would like to give to world missions, I really encourage you in that. If you've been touched, particularly by the ministries of Jerry or by Jim, I encourage you to come forward after the service is done. They'll be up here. You can talk to them and find out how to support them directly, how to support what they're doing in their organization directly. If there's other parts of the world that you'd like to be involved in, please contact our church offices. We can connect you with opportunities to give to missionaries literally in any country in the world. So if you if you really have a heart for Africa or for India, we'll connect you with missionaries there and you can give to those specific efforts. So please be involved financially as well. And then finally, I really want to encourage those of you who can to go. Uh, One of the best things that you can do at some point in your life is to go overseas on a short-term project. If you can go longer, that's great, but at least start with a short-term project. And on the back of the prayer guide, we have listed all of the 2010 opportunities for short-term trips. A number of opportunities here spread out all through the world that you can be involved in. Now, these the, we call these summer projects. These summer projects, we're having a lunch to learn more about these summer projects today at 12.30 over at the Anderson campus, free pizza. If you go over to the Anderson campus, we've actually put a map in the bulletin if you're not sure where the Anderson campus is. If all you know is Southwood, that's okay, but we've got a map for you over to the Anderson campus, free pizza lunch. You can sit down with missionaries from these summer project locations and find out more about what's going on this summer. Uh, And to help you think about that, we've got a video that walks you through the different opportunities we have here at Grace Bible Church for you to go overseas short term. Jesus has called all of us to be his disciples, but in addition, to make disciples. Two, that our significance is derived from our worship of God and the service of his kingdom. Consider this, that God may want to do in your life something that you've never expected before. All across the world, from every tribe, tongue, people, nation, there will be men and women who will worship Jesus Christ. And that's what God is moving history toward, and he's asked you and me to be a part of that. Take the opportunities that the Lord is setting before you to go to the world. Ultimately, you are going to devote your life to something. And the question really is, what's it going to be? And as we look at the scripture, what we see is a call to devote our lives to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then through us, we were tired of seeing what we could accomplish. We wanted to see miracles happen. We really wanted to live in the power of His grace. It's so much more joyful and satisfying when He's at work through you and not just what you can do. God is pursuing with omnipotent passion a worldwide purpose of gathering joyful worshipers for Himself. Therefore, let us bring our affections into line with His. And for the sake of His name, let us renounce the quest for worldly comforts and join his global purpose. 
You never know when you're just being faithful, doing the everyday things, life, how God's going to make your works have eternal impact. So lots of different opportunities this summer, both for students and adults. We would love to send you overseas. When I was uh, an intern here at Grace Bible Church about 10 years ago, I had the chance to lead one of our teams over to Central Asia for seven weeks. Uh, That ended up being one of the most formative events of my entire life. It it changed me. It shaped me. I look back at that as something that really grew me into uh, more of a follower of Jesus Christ with a heart for the nations. Now, uh, I'm going to say something bold here. If you are a college student, you're in a really rare time of of life, you have freedom. You have this thing called summer, and you can do things with your summer that we adults uh, struggle to do, especially once kids come along. It's much harder to get out and go. If you're a college student, I really, really want to encourage you. Uh, Unless something is holding you back, I encourage you to go. I, I encourage you, instead of looking for reasons why should I go overseas on a summer project, look for reasons why shouldn't I go. Start with the assumption, while I'm in college, maybe God really does want to use me somehow overseas. Go overseas for six weeks, for five weeks, just to get a vision for what he's doing. I encourage you, start with the default position that at some point in college you're going to go. Really encourage you college students to think about that. If you feel God leading you to explore options for this summer, again, free pizza lunch, 1230 today over at the Anderson campus. You can find out tons about what's available. If you can't make that, go onto our website or call the church office and we'll fill you in on all the details. We'd love to send you overseas this summer. Okay, let me close us in prayer. Let's go before the Lord and pray that he will help us to continue to grow in his heart and his love for the nations. Lord God, thank you so much that you are the God of all nations. You are the God of all peoples. Thank you, Lord, that you love everyone on this planet. You love everyone so much that you sent your son to die for our sins. Thank you, Lord, that in his death and resurrection, you have provided salvation for all of us, Lord. And and we pray, Father, that you would grow each of us to love the people of this world like you love them, to love them enough to be willing to sacrifice our comforts and our treasure to be able to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that we we would long for the gospel to go forth like you do. I pray, Father, for every one of us in this room, Lord, that you would give us concrete steps today and this week to be involved in what you're doing around the world. Help us to see what you're calling our uh, families to, Lord. For each of us, I pray that we would grow in our faithfulness to pray for our missionaries, Lord, that you would lead us to make that a regular discipline in our lives, Lord, that we would enter into their ministry at the feet of your throne. I pray, Lord, that for all of us who have the financial ability, that we would be giving, Lord, that we would be giving sacrificially and above and beyond to support your your missions worldwide, Lord. I pray that we would invest our money in things that really count for eternity. And I do pray, Lord, I know there's many in this room that do have freedom this summer, that do have opportunities this summer, Lord. I pray that they would seriously consider going overseas, that you would uh, lead them that direction, that you would help them, Lord, to become um, willing to go. And I pray, Lord, that you would take care of all the little steps that are needed to send them overseas to take your gospel forth. Thank you so much for the freedom that we have to worship you, Lord. I pray that we would, as a church, be a light, that people would look at us and see not only the message of Jesus Christ, but also his life lived out through us. We pray all this for your glory and honor and the glory and honor of your son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. All right, God bless you guys. See you next week.